Charger, charger, do it all. All right, guys, if you want to ask some questions, uh, we'll see if we can't answer some of those. That'd be fantastic. Yeah, dump them on in. Dump them. So uh, I think Sima said a couple of different things, some funny things before we got online. He said uh, uh, the fake natty or the, the – is that what you were kind of talking about? It's kind of died down, the Myco trend? It's, it's, uh, it's not as – I don't think it's as, not as aggressive as it used to be. Huh. Maybe not as uh, defensive song, nowadays. Right the <laughs> Michael Hearn today is not as offensive as maybe a Michael trend back in the day. So I wonder if they they know that my sense of humor. So it's kind of like you know, like Bruce Willis can always tease, and everybody knows he's a kind of a smart Alex. So maybe yeah. he came down. But as, I don't know if everybody knows this. I don't know if my fans know this. He made it up. <laughs> Well, he didn't make it up. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. But he came up with the terminology, Myco Trend. Yeah, and we were just saying uh, before we got on air that it seems like you've loosened up about it, you know. But but why not, right? Because what are you going to do? Like, yeah. you can't change people's minds, right? They're going to believe what they want to believe. Oh, there's no way you could be that big. There's yeah. no way that you could be that strong. But you've been that big and that strong since you were three. I think today's day and age, and those are the guys that really jumped on it, is, and I, I forgot who I just talked to about this. Don't know if it was Sean Ray or somebody, but I was talking about when I got signed with Joe Weider, people don't realize this is 1990, so it was 30 years ago. And when I got signed by him, he knew that I was competing um, in in something else that was drug tested in IFBB. And he goes, I want you on the covers. I want your cover stories. I want your knowledge. Uh, I will never, ever promote you in what bodybuilding you do, ever. Just know that. And I go, I'm, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the point was because he was IFBB. He created bodybuilding. And so he can't talk about me doing a different federation and doing natural testing and bodybuilding because then that does something. To, and I agreed with it. I said, I, it makes sense to me. Um, I didn't care. I was on the covers and right. doing cover stories and had an endorsement. So um, I think people hate that whole concept. And this is something that you're going to have to learn is that uh, they hate the whole concept and they think um, everybody has to do it. And we know power lifters that are stronger than gods that don't. Yeah. Um, and so – I don't know if we can educate them on that, but at a certain point when I had my baby, so much changed. Baby Titan. Baby Titan did change everything. You said you said it, it would, and I said it wouldn't. It wouldn't change anything about me. Changed everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge deal to have a kid and have that extra responsibility. You turn 51 tomorrow, huh? Big 51. 51 years young. And I still uh, got abs. But ce- <laughs> celebrating 40 years of training. 40, 40, uh, 41 years of training, 42 years of training. Started at nine. So, um, yeah. Were, were your brothers into lifting or something like that? or like Everybody. Dad had some weights around? or How'd you get into it at nine? It's pretty rare. Uh, getting my ass kicked from my sisters. <laughs> it got me into it quickly. So we grew up in a two-story house where the downstairs had bunk beds and all the weights. And that's where the boys slept. And then all the girls slept upstairs. So it was five and five. And uh, dad set up a hole downstairs into a gym. And then our bunk beds were off the ground so we could put more equipment. <laughs> and and uh, we just trained. We just trained. As, the whole family were athletes, martial artists, uh, wrestling. Um, and I'm talking about my sisters, too, mm-hmm. back then. Um, and so my first competition was uh, 1983 on stage, and I won it. And there's like 10 kids, right? So In the show? <clears throat> no, I mean in, in your family. family, right? Yeah, 10 kids. That's uh, 
that's a basket that's a full basketball team. <laughs> yeah, you got going on there. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. You don't realize things until later on. You and me were talking about this. Is about how great our parents were, and you don't appreciate it until later on. Until maybe you're a parent, and and to see how. You know, I'm raising one kid. Okay, Mona's raising one kid. <laughs> I'm helping out. But to think that they raised 10 kids. And I, I said something earlier, and I think you said the same kind of thing. And I want them to hear this because I never saw my parents fight. Yeah, same same here. I haven't. I didn't see them fight. I didn't know about financial struggles. I didn't know and until, you know, years later they would say, oh, you know, at this time this was happening. And I was like, what? Like, it's <laughs> total shock. They kept a lot of that stuff from us. It's a, it's an amazing thing because what I try to do is if I'm dieting and things are getting to me or business is getting to me, I try to stay away um, from Mona and Baby Titan. I don't want that energy on them. Right. And and to see that my mom and dad could do that the whole time I lived there and was raised, and I and I was raised by the same parents and both parents that that was their ten kids. It wasn't like my dad divorced and married somebody and had three kids and all this and that. Uh, they were both well educated. Um, and, and uh, believed in schooling as everything. Uh, but they supported me 100%, and I never saw them fight, and I never heard about struggles on finance or anything like that. And they weren't, you know, he was a teacher, and she was an insurance writer, so they, we weren't loaded. Right. So I think a lot of the stuff, you know, uh, ends up helping to shape your mindset for later on, even though it's, like, kind of subconscious. And the other thing I think that happens, too, when you have siblings I think you learn a lot faster, especially having that many siblings. You learn that, you know, part of the game of life is to try to figure out where, like, where do you fit in? Like, what, like, where can you matter? Where can you make a difference? And when I think about sometimes when I think about like why someone behaves a certain way or, you know, they treat me weird or whatever, I sometimes try to put myself in their shoes and I try to get perspective and I'm like, well, uh, I'm not sure why they think differently. Maybe they were raised differently. I don't have any control over that. But also, um, they're just trying to do the best they can. That's it. You know, we were talking about like negative comments on YouTube and stuff, and maybe that's not a great example of like doing the best you can. But I think people sometimes when they throw something out there, like that's not the right way to do arms because they're <laughs> they're saying stuff like that because they they actually honestly believe that that there's kind of like this one way, you know, they, they, they have this belief system, but also they might not have had siblings to, you know, beat the crap out of them. They might not have siblings to make fun of them and to tease them and to throw a comment out on social media. You don't have like, no one can really make fun of you back. You can comment back, but that's just like writing. It's not the same as, <laughs> as having someone smack you upside your head. It was, we were talking about like, like I, I think that's the Michael trend thing's funny. And I think my fans know that. And, and it's like, you can comment on that. And I know that you got a personality and stuff. And I think then it goes to, that's great that you can um, dissect it and go, okay, you, maybe you don't know that there's other ways to do a squat or other ways to do deadlifts. And we were talking about this again, also off screen that the YouTubers are the worst. You guys, because they instantly, sorry, man, I'm calling you guys out, but you guys instantly see something and you go, that's not right. Cause I saw in the textbook that it's one way. Yeah. And you're right. It, it, I don't have as much patience as you. <laughs> so I just kind of disregard it. Um, but you've raised two kids uh, and you're teaching me now. Because you're one of the people that I kind of go to you and Todd Abrams and Heath Evans is who I go to talk about uh <clears throat> 
everything. Right. And I know that he's 10 months old, but there's so much stuff I didn't see. I didn't see the part where I get forgot about. <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole different world. I didn't know that was going to happen. Yeah. Um, my cousin told me that when I had my son, Jake, and he was like, hey, man, your birthday, uh, holidays, like, it's just. It's about the kids now. It, forever. You know, just so you know, like forever, <laughs> that he goes, that whole thing is gone. And I was kind of like, like ah, people are still going to care about my birthday, right? Like, it's still going to And obviously they do. But the point is, is that the priority is the child. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So it's, it's little things. Arnold said something to me. Um, and it came in handy. Arnold and. Uh, Arnold. Schwarzenegger. Sorry uh, about that. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. said something to me. Huh. Um, Never heard the name. He he told me a story about uh, he had uh, Patrick in his arms, and then uh, I think um, Maria's mother or somebody came over, um, and Arnold just got the baby in his arms, and and uh, one of their mothers came over and grabbed the baby from him. Arnold said nothing, and then he took uh, uh, Maria aside later on and said, "When I have my son, I have my son." That's my time. Right. Let me have my time. And don't let this happen again kind of a thing. And I thought that was an amazing story. He kept calm, kept cool about it. Because that, same thing to me. Right. I, I'd get my my Titan for a moment, and then somebody <laughs> else would come up and go, no, no, give him to me or something like that. And it's just their nature to, I guess, uh, cuddle and nurture them. And it's like the one thing that I, I get is I get a little time every day. But it's, again, it's a learning process. I think you're doing it right, though, because you're – your kid is part of everything that you're doing. And I think that's huge. A lot of people, when they have a child, they, the child like takes over. That child like takes over every decision that you make and you can no longer uh, have your own life. And I don't think that's a good way. I don't think that's, I don't think that's a good setup or a good scenario. I don't think it's a great way to raise a kid. I think that you need to, you need to take charge. You need to be the adult, uh, you know, as, as parents, as, you know, mother and father, you need That's to be. That's a huge thing. Yeah, it really is. Cause people are like, Oh, we got to go because my kid's got to take a nap and like all this. St-. And you're just like, really? Like you're, it's important. It's, you know, these things are important, but you should be able to audible. You should be able to move around a little bit. You should be able to train at four in the morning. You should still be able to be on your diet. You should still be able to do the things that you love because if you can't do the things that you love, you're no longer connected to who you really are. I got a question because I know that this is one of the biggest things that I saw parents um, say or, or the public wouldn't like. Um, when you have a child, now everything needs to revolve around them. Where I met some parents like you and said, try to fit them into yours and start teaching them those uh the repetitions that you do as an uh, as a parent and that will help them better and i and i agree with that like the from sleeping to the way that we eat to um just the mindset that we have on an approach and stuff obviously the baby has its own schedule because it's still young stuff but what was it like throwing your dad's schedule off (laughs) (laughs) see what i mean right like that wasn't an option why why right. so much has changed yeah holy snaggies because i didn't even think about that i've never been said mike to that. don't wake up your dad you know what i mean your mom would say and you would look at her and be like oh why, why is she staring at me like that okay i i wasn't that important anyway <laughs> you know if he's sleeping on the weekend or so whatever whatever the case how much might be. trouble would our parents get into today with the law oh 100 <laughs> with the law how would, much would they get yeah. in trouble for doing how they raised us the spanking um First of all, you got five boys that are lifting in the basement, and and their room was attached to the basement. So when it got to nine o'clock, 
um, they didn't turn the lights off. They turned the power off to the house. <laughs> I'm not joking. They because the, the control switch yeah. was in their room, Boom. and they'd be like, "It Powering is bedtime," them. and then we do a couple more sets. No, it's bedtime, <laughs> and lights powers off here in bed. <laughs> and I'm thinking that now we're getting spanked for doing something wrong. They didn't play around. There was no options. I miss that. It's tough as a parent. You got to do a lot of things that you don't want to do. You know, I never wanted to spank my kids, but everyone, I mean, your kid goes to run out in the street. I mean, you know, that, that was my main thing. It was like, if it's a safety thing, if they do something that they shouldn't be doing, if they all of a sudden sprint down the street away from me, I don't know whether any other way to teach them than to, you know, give them a little swat on the butt and make them understand you can't do that. Like, we can't have you do that because you could get hurt. Um, I'm, so we're just talking about kids and parenting. I'm sorry, guys. We'll, we'll talk about health and fitness and stuff. Um, hey. We're very, very sensitive uh, dads over here. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but let me take this back to, I think, why it helped me approach something. Because uh, when fans tease, they want to feel part of you. And they know mm-hmm. I'm a smart aleck and you're a smart aleck. Um, and so I'm cool with that. And I think it really came to fruition. Um just in the last year, um, the, let the let the fans tease and say whatever they want to say. I'm not going to change nobody's mind. Mm-hmm. Um, the one thing that you can find out about me is that you can see pictures from me from uh, nine years old until now. Um, so the whole life is documented. And then also you can just talk to anybody from, I don't care, uh, Francis Benefato, Tom Plaz, Lou Ferrigno, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, um, Flex Wheeler, Chris Cormier. You can all talk to them and say, hey, has Mike ever been weak? Has there ever Mike ever lost strength? Has Mike ever uh, any of those things? And it's never happened. So you could say that I've been on it for my whole life <laughs> right. or, or whatever. But it doesn't matter my opinion. It doesn't matter their opinion to me. What do they say? They say something about that. Someone else's opinion... Uh, is no, I don't know how they say it, but it's like hmm. it. I, I have, see what you're saying. Yeah, it shouldn't. It shouldn't really matter that much to you, right? I mean, but it does. It, it does. You know, the the comments on YouTube and stuff. And this is what I would suggest to a lot of YouTubers. It's like, or not just YouTubers, but people that are on YouTube is be more, be like really loyal to the people that you're fans of. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see a post from Mike, you see a post from someone like myself. When someone goes in there and makes a negative comment. What if Mike or what if myself or what if somebody, you know, Mike and I were older, but like what if some 20-year-old kids pumping out videos teaching you how to deadlift, somebody makes a negative comment like you don't know shit or whatever and the guy gets upset about it and, and doesn't produce any more videos for you anymore. You know, you could this stuff could be taken away from you. You could lose it. And so as a fan, be fanatical and then say, hey, you're not. You're not coming into this chat room and talking smack like this. You're not, a, we're not allowing that to happen. Like, this is a good dude. He puts out tons of information. Like, what is your issue? You know, what is your problem? Yeah. And I love calling people out. Like, I don't let this stuff fly because I just, I just don't think, you know, as a kid and growing up with like learning disabilities and stuff and seeing some of the kids that were in the same class as me get mistreated, I wasn't anybody, I wasn't, um, anybody that was into like violence or anything, but, when I saw that happen, that wasn't happening in front of me. That wasn't happening on my watch. I'm like, that's, you know, whatever way you're being brought up is probably different than the way, you know, way I'm being brought up. And that's, that's not the way you treat people, what you know? And so you? I got to, I got to kind of interject, you know? 
I don't think you guys know this. What grade were you, if you were, were you put from uh, the regular classes to special ed? Or were you ever in special ed? Yeah, it all flipped around 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 sixth grade. So, okay. You know, I think okay. I think a lot of the basics and stuff, a lot of the, uh, you know, your ABCs and your one, two, threes and stuff. I think fifth grade, I think they started kind of noticing it. But around sixth grade, uh, when you started having, I don't know, school just got more serious, right, at that point. And so once that happened, then uh, they were like, oh, you're pretty dumb. You got you to go in these other classes. So if you, if you guys don't know, one of the... Uh, one of the similarities, and it still hurts today. It, uh, it doesn't hurt that we have the similarity, but it hurts. Uh, it's that's my chip on the shoulder that I will keep forever. Is same thing. Uh, I skipped second grade because they thought I was a genius because I come from these two writers, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um, and so and I was a big kid. So they skipped second grade, which is phonics back then for us. Right. Um, they go, oh no, he's figuring out everything. He's figuring out everything. Uh, and then third grade, they're like. Oh, by the end of third grade, oh, oh, no, no, we're wrong. Your kid's slow as anything. And so by sixth grade, it was like, we can't do anything more. We got to put him into special ed. So it was the same time. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it was just because of our age and that's how they did it back then, but uh, we both grew up with, uh, there's different forms of dyslexia, but we both grew up with dyslexia and learning disability and stuff. And that helped uh, the other side of us. And you know what I, I actually liked about that is that they didn't have all the different names pinned down like they do now. They didn't have a, they didn't really talk about, I was unfamiliar with like ADHD and all this stuff. And I'm actually thankful for that because they, they brought in like a lot of different drugs. And, you know, I struggled in school so much that I think my parents, uh, they just would want to help me. So they might have been like, yeah, like, if, hey, look, if the doctor says this is good, you know, maybe my son should be on it. And I'm, I'm glad that that never happened because I see some kids, they'll take those drugs and then have anxiety and depression and a bunch of other things. It just causes a cascade of all these other things that happen. So, so I'm, I'm fortunate that that never happened. Same, same. Didn't have drugs back then, I don't think. I don't and know if they did or didn't. You guys can let us know if that's true yeah, or like not. Ritalin but, or something, yeah. Uh, yeah, when I got into sixth grade and, and they discovered this dyslexia, they didn't give medication for it. They just said, hey, we got to give you special learning. Working it out, you know, it's important that you work it out on your own. And again, like trying to figure out where you matter in this world and where you're going to fit in so mike and i you know another commonality is oh okay like i'm not that good with this like brain stuff so that doesn't make me feel good you know i'll still try as hard as i can with it but for whatever reason i'm slower than a lot of other kids and it's going to take a long time and this really sucks but when we go out in the playground (laughs) you know when we're messing world throwing around a football or when we're you know doing pull-ups on the playground it's like then you you're able to shine and that was definitely the case for me. Like when I, even when I would like run or do anything. I got to stop before anything. you go further because of the fact that you said something earlier and, and I love that you set up and this has to be ingrained in you and me. Um, cause, cause I said this in a story for muscle and fitness and you just said it here and I never heard this story before, but when we got put into special ed, um, we were with special kids that needed extra help. It didn't matter if they were handicapped or, or missing limbs um, or just slow or couldn't talk or whatever it was. We became different. We suddenly, um, those were our clique. Those are our friends. And we're yeah. going to protect these friends. Um, and all these other people that are in the regular classes, 
that could read and write, do well, and had good school, uh, uh, a good uh, upbringing, whatever. Everything's perfect about them. They were not our friends, or it wasn't for me. And I was going to protect these people. So at that age, there's so much teasing. I was the guy getting in fights for these guys because you're mm-hmm. not messing with these guys. Yeah, right. And then you, it's the same kind of thing for you. A hundred percent. And then uh, even on top of that, it taught me a lot about a lot of different things. Like it talk, taught me even against something like racism. Like my entire school was white. Like we had like two or three black kids in the school. We had a couple of kids that were Asian. And not that racism was like a huge thing, but just being being picked on and being uh, separated from everybody else because you're a certain thing that – I don't think you really had much control over. I just saw how wrong that was. And so same as you, like uh, I kind of had like my friends were like um, sort of the misfits of the school, maybe the people that didn't get uh, loved on as much and stuff like that. And, uh, you know, you're probably similar to myself as well. Like I had, I had brothers, you know, go through school and I like our family was very popular. My brother, mad dog was the town badass. He kicked the crap out of everybody. Everybody knew Chris cause Chris is so personable and, and he's so nice and stuff. And then, of course, everybody knew about me kind of coming through with lifting and stuff like that. And so I had a lot of recognition and I was popular. And you were probably very popular, too. But I wasn't with the main crowd. Oh I didn't run. You know, I'm playing football and I'm kicking ass in football and I'm doing all these things. And people would be like, hey, you're going to go to this party and stuff. Like, I didn't. I mean, I would go to them here and there, but it was very, very. <laughs> I got tingles because. Very rare. Again, let me explain this. I was in the newspaper by 11. Because uh, I was uh, uh, running 10Ks and stuff. And so we were just, I was kicking butt at that age. Um, and then by 14, I was uh, uh, competing in bodybuilding and powerlifting and so on through school. And what you said was, did we hang out with the popular kids? Well, when we got to high school, did we do it? No, we never did. You were the same way. I never did. I was forever the leader of the misfits and protect them. <laughs> and I never wanted to hang with the popular people go to the parties no no Being you cool, guys outcasted it? me then yeah i'm outcasting you now just because we're famous and we're in the newspaper and i was on news in high mm-hmm. school for football and all this is like i'm still one of these guys right i will never not be one of those guys and you said about racism is is that it was and it was so weird to me because i think of uh, uh we're just humans everybody's different and and i was starting to model at 14 and 15 so how can you dislike somebody for how they look or the color of their skin it didn't make sense to me mm-hmm. i just everybody's everybody have fun with it man it's, <laughs> there's no no hating each other so i never got into the understanding of um racism or or, or partying um or not protecting the weak i think it was a huge benefit because when when I would occasionally I would go to a party because I did have some close like some of my best friends that worked out we played football together and stuff and somebody would have a birthday party or something and of course people would be like drinking and doing all kinds of stuff but like I never did any of that as a as a young I mean I don't I think I the first time I ever uh, got like drunk was like I was like twenty one years old and it was like my friend was getting married or something like that you know and so it was like. Uh, and even still this day, there's a handful of times in my life I don't really drink that often. Um, but it didn't matter what other people – like I, I wasn't trying to get other people's approval because they were disapproving of me anyway. So I was like, well, those people don't – you know, they're calling me dumb and retard and stupid and stuff. So I'm not going to try to even bother chasing them down to like 
you know, I wasn't trying to beg them to be my friend. So I didn't end up smoking cigarettes. I didn't end up smoking pot. I didn't end up drinking. I didn't end up doing drugs because I wasn't trying to be with the in crowd. I'm like, I don't even give a crap about that crowd. Let me ask you a question then. At the time, I thought dyslexia was the worst thing that could happen to me. And why did I have to be different? And it wasn't until I was living my dreams at, at, at you know, in the magazine at 17, 18, uh, being moved to California at 20. I didn't realize at that point the greatest thing that ever happened to me was a learning disability. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that learning disability will set my mindset so different than everybody else that I'm going to try things in a different way, which dyslexic people do because it's an imbalance of <laughs> IQ and reading and writing. Yeah. And I said, wow, it's the greatest thing to happen to me. It wasn't the worst thing. I didn't realize that. How do you feel about it now, looking back? I feel the same way. You know, uh, in my 30s, when I'm in dead center in the middle of my powerlifting career, you know, I'm thinking of I'm thinking of people from the past, but I'm also thinking of people from more present time that have doubted me. Some of the even even some of my workout partners who at the time were very successful, making a lot of money. You know, I would just think when I would go to do my next set, I'm like, I'm going to these these guys don't know it, but I'm going to blow past all of them. Like, I'm going to figure this out because the most dangerous thing for somebody that has like a dis any disability, whether they're missing an arm or or. Uh, they have had uh, a knee injury or like anything, anything, anything you have to overcome uh, mental issues or whatever it might be. But the most dangerous thing that could ever happen is for that person to start to figure things out. And then they start saying something clicks in their head and they're like, I'm not dumb. I can actually learn a lot of stuff. I just learn a lot differently. And there's certain things that are just harder for me. Like read, like reading's hard for me. So me reading comprehension's hard for me. Um, I can do it if I need if I need to do it, but I I choose. Same as me. I got it's it's ridiculous. Yeah. But once you get a little bit of momentum, and you're like, oh my god, like I can actually do a lot of these things. I can still provide. Like I'm not going to sit down and like and and write forever, but I'll sit down and communicate like this forever because I'm good at this. And so you start to learn to lean into your strengths, and you see people. They take off like a rocket ship. And I hope you guys out there, um, I'm going to take two minutes because I want Mona to sit down for a second here and talk about this last 10 minutes. Mona? (laughs) Momo, you guys grab Mona? Um, Okay. Is Todd here? Sir, Seb, will you go get her? Uh, So, again, uh, we're telling you about our life stories and we're telling you about our struggles that turned into successes. Uh, we also told you um, how we never totally um, catered to the famous or the popular mm-hmm. kids or anything like that through school. So if you are a loner and you're in school, um, I love the whole lone wolf thing. Um, I'm that way. As long as you, you're you're safe and you're okay and, and you understand that, that it's all right and others have done that, uh, you know, reach out to us and talk to us too, because we went through that whole struggle. Even though, and here's the huge thing: people think uh, I have ten brothers and sisters. Well, you were never alone. I was always alone. Believe it or not, I was always alone because they had their lives, and and um, I had my life, and I just. So the lone wolf thing is not a bad thing. It's just as long as you're safe and you're mentally okay. I just think it ended up being great for me because. Yeah. You know, I didn't care about going to prom. I, didn't, I I never went to any of that stuff. I never went to those things. I just. 
Um, I mean, it was almost as, as if I wasn't popular, but I, but I was like I, because of sports and stuff. But then I, I recognized that that's all people really cared about. Right. You know, like they just, oh man, you're so strong or whatever. And I was like, they, but they're calling me dumb when I turn around. So it's like, I'm, I don't have any desire to hang out with those people. Here's a huge thing. This is huge because if they're going to come back right now, and I just want to checkmate you guys before you do this. I had fame early. By 17, I was already in the magazine. So um, that whole struggle uh, was short-lived in a sense of me getting to a dream level. By 20, I was already winning the universe and power-lifted and uh, had a hit TV show. You know, So I'm doing great at 20. Um, people don't know that I, everything I, I, I made, I put away. I'd never bought the fancy cars, even though it was six or seven guys that were all under contract. And I'd watch these guys go out and buy the nicest car with the biggest boom system. They pull up the next day at Gold's with this car. And I'm sitting there looking at them going, I don't get it. Now, for me, I don't get it because I come from 10 and I know how money works. And I had my Jeep and I'm like, I'm okay. I'll put this away. And people don't know that I put it away for 20 years like that. (laughs) Everything I put away and put away and put away. And they'd come over and see my place that I'd live in. And they'd be like, do you need money? Are you okay? And I'm like, no, I'm fine. I get to work out and live and travel the world for me. And and so that fame and money came quickly. And what I want to get to is is something that is tough. To keep in the grind and keep in the battle and keep it going. And and, because something that happened is you've blew past me. You know, financially and everything in business, you you went from ground zero for many years and just whew, passed. Tell them, because a lot of them are going to struggle, and they're going to struggle for a long time. How many years until the success happened? When you started at 11, 12, 13 years old working out, till the day that that one check comes in and goes, oh, <laughs> I can get rent covered. Yeah, Uh yeah, thirty something years. I mean, the slingshot is—it's uh, going to be ten years old. Uh, that's our—that's our third child. Is the slingshot, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, the invention of the slingshot was was ten years ago. So I'm uh, forty three now. So at thirty three, you know, twenty something years of lifting. Uh, I never, you know, even even like a, I don't know, meeting my wife and then like getting to know her family and then that whole process. Like what? Like what does Mark do? You know, like what, you know, what is, you know, well, he's trying to be like a professional wrestler and like, you know, and then I was always like trying to move on to other things. Lifting was always kind of the answer. It's always been around and I always knew I would do something with lifting. I I never knew exactly what it was, but I always worked hard um, and I've always been a dreamer, you know, because my brain might not work like somebody else's. So instead of like thinking of, okay, I'm going to go through school and I'm going to go to college and I'm going to get a, you know, kick ass like nine to five job that I think that I'll like enough that I can make enough money to where I can go fishing on the weekend or whatever. Uh, I, my mind never worked that way. I always was a big dreamer. I always, you know, wanted, uh, you know, people ask me sometimes they'll say, well, did you envision this stuff for yourself? And I'm like, absolutely. Like I didn't envision anything less. I think there's a lot more. I think I'm just getting started. You know, I'm excited about it. Can you can you tell them that then? Because I think the hardest thing for anybody out there listening is the fact that no matter how tough it got, no matter it was paycheck to paycheck or trying wrestling and, and trying this and that and that, it wasn't until you were 33 that it clicked and, and, and 
something that is fun for me. I mean, I get this. And I think if you're true friends with somebody or, or you respect somebody, you get that enjoyment from them. So I get enjoyment from watching how you live today and going, good, good. <laughs> I, I see that you get a, a, you got a new car or something. I'm like, good. And, and I, it makes me smile. It makes me tingle right now. <laughs> or, or you got a new house. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's beautiful for me. It's beautiful for me to see that you stayed true to your dreams and you stayed true to it and, and, and you got to that success. Is there anything you could tell them, my YouTubers and everybody worldwide watching mm-hmm. this, um, that success <clears throat> happens quick for some and it doesn't for others? And it doesn't mean that, that <clears throat> listen, you know, I was 17 and 18 and then 20 getting contracts. But regardless of how much I make, you 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 created something so much more global and worldwide, right. and and blew past everybody. There's a you know there's an old book. It's called Think and Grow Rich, and uh, some of the principles and some of the information in there. <clears throat> the book's probably 50 years old, but some of the information in there is still still has a lot of meaning and still has a lot of bearing on what you do today. And and basically the short of it is that people simply just don't think enough, you know, and they they don't think enough to ask good questions. They don't think enough to, they might drive by their neighbor's house and they might be like, holy crap, man, that is a beautiful boat. I'd love to have a boat like that. I really love going out in a boat. They never once thought to knock on their door and say, holy shit, like that's an amazing boat. How'd you get that? What do you do? You know? And then there's another kind of saying that I really, I'm really big into like quotes and stuff, but one of, one of my favorite sayings is, uh, people that are broke should take people that are wealthy to lunch <laughs> you know like hey man like i want to or some some kid in the gym should say hey like you know dude i want you'll probably just tell them hey come train with me but they should come up to you and so say smart. i would love to take you to lunch because i'd love to learn i need to absorb some of this knowledge right you know that those kinds of things i think make a big difference That's huge because i always say um, if you're the biggest and strongest guy at your gym, go to a new gym <laughs> right but also go to the guys that are older um that are still doing it what did they know what did robbie robinson because i think i'll take robbie robinson's knowledge over uh, a 20 year old that just won the nationals <laughs> yeah. or usa because a 20 year old you're 20 you should win the usa or something but if you're still doing this and doing 405 squats at 73 years old what do you know mm. and it's the same thing for finance go out yeah. there and, and and talk to those guys and Keep the passion. I think the main thing is keep the passion alive. Excuses are, are a big issue. So you have to be very careful with, uh, you know, I'm not. This is you guys. I'm no not. excuses. Yeah, I'm not this way because, you know, I, I, I can never be, you know, how gifted is in SEMA, right? But it doesn't, do any, it doesn't do anybody any good to kick themselves and be like, I'll never be like him. Why not strive for that? Maybe you could be like him. And also, too, if you've seen where the guy was two, three years ago, he was still in magnificent shape. He just has it. You know, we know people. It just Sometimes people just have it. You have it with your uh, bodybuilding and powerlifting. And some people did just sometimes. We've seen it in pro wrestling a lot. Like The Rock just had it. Stone Cold just. Some people sometimes just have it. But it doesn't do you any good to throw in excuses. Oh, you take, you, you know, Mike's big because he takes steroids. Well, whether you do or you don't, it's still you're still throwing a barrier of entry. Uh, and when you throw out that barrier of entry, you're no longer going to ask questions because you don't think that person has anything valuable to say because you just stack the chips against yourself and, and just threw out this blanket statement that it's genetics and steroids. Tell me if this is kind of that. Uh, I met Mike Ashley 
Mike Ashley was a bodybuilder pro, um, and he actually did the Arnold Classic and took second until the drug test came back, and Sean Ray failed the drug mm. test. So Mike Ashley actually won the Mr. Arnold Classic drug-free. Yeah, you guys just heard me. that An IFBB pro won Damn. a show drug-free. Um, and people would be talking, and I saw him guest pose, and I'm sitting there looking at him. And then the question in my mind was, is he drug-free or not? And my re- my response to that is, I'm going to hope he is. It went the complete opposite. I'm going to mm. hope he is. You know why? I'm going to be better than that. And then the other guy that, that lost um, did drugs. Well, I'm going to be better than that without him. Was my mindset. Yeah. Was the mindset. I didn't shut myself down. And I think uh, everybody shuts them. A majority of people shut themselves down. If you do that exercise, you'll get hurt. Uh, you can't get that size because this. Um, I want to be rich. Well, that's a dream. Right. What are your steps to be rich? Right. Why don't yes. you go up to super training gym and start training there and ask ask you questions or just do an internship up there for three months for free and learn what you can because that's a better all education hanging around you three months right. than it is going to some university if you're I'd trying say, to get uh, in the health and fitness world. Yeah, questions over statements. You know, you make a statement and now you no longer have any questions anymore, right? So you should be asking questions, especially if you're young. Ask and then figure out a way to ask good questions like – you know, sometimes somebody will, will message us and it'll be like one thing and it'll say like, I need help with my bench. And it's like, well, we're not really that fired up to help you because you're so lazy that you didn't take the time to formulate, you know, something. <laughs> you didn't take the time to formulate something good that gets us excited to answer the question. If you, now, if you said this instead, you said, Hey, I'm 18 years old. I'm hungry. I want to. I want to get better. Uh, I'm really having a hard time getting the weight off my chest in the bench press. What's What's something that can help me? You know, push that weight out of the bottom. As soon as you As soon as you heard that little tiny backstory about how the kid's 18, you're like, I'm helping him. That's a done deal. Or if someone said I'm 65 and I'm just getting into weightlifting, the boom, reason, you're helping. The only reason I'm pointing is is because you guys DM me and you say things. Um, should I stop creatine? <laughs> You're going to get a chance to talk to me, and that's your one question. Should I put my shoulder blades together on incline bench? There's so much more. <laughs> There's yeah. so much more. I'm not going to answer those. Uh, and, and the point he's making is listen, and there's tons of knowledge and free knowledge that we're giving. Um, so kind of go out there and read that stuff up, and don't be, don't be this new generation that you just kind of want your question answered. Uh, try to come it from our side that we we want to help you guys and we're doing this to help you guys um but do some kind of research and listen and stuff like that and i got to stop us for one second because i got to bring in the savage what? i got to stop and bring in why come here. why is come Mona, here. The, i got to take gotta, a couple gotta, minutes here i have a very serious question yes why is mona so hot because <laughs> I, mean, I got lucky so whose arms awesome. are bigger oh no but like she <laughs> look at that look at, yeah <laughs> She had a baby 10 months ago? Are you sure? Oh, I understand. So, everybody, I would like to introduce you. Miss O'Tren. Oh, oh, my God. Oh, hey. Mark. Mark. Where's this baby? What happened I, to him? Oh, his, where, his where? with the helper. Oh. <laughs> we just threw him in the bathtub upstairs. <laughs> you just but chucked him up there? We get a lot of people at the gym going. You're here at 4 a.m. What's going on? Where's the baby? I'm like, oh, it's just hanging out with the dogs at home. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, let him get raised by wolves. Yeah, see what happens. Yeah, I'm like, it's, you know, panda's gonna feed him in an hour. If he, yeah, if he's uh, by himself, what's the worst thing that would happen? Right? Pff, come on, <laughs> we we didn't have our parents next to us. What's so he gonna do? Pee himself? <laughs> <laughs> Might be that big of a deal. I do that sometimes. Yeah, but oh boy, we missed you. We haven't seen you in a while. I know. I'm sorry. I'm back. Been, Here okay, I am. Good. Yeah, I was gonna say. Man. What do you think of this beard? I'm trying to work on this thing, but I don't know. I don't know if I got what it takes to like make it work. <laughs> It's getting a little shaggy. Uh, I don't know if you got what it takes. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I know. That's why I need someone. That's why I asked you. Said, yeah. That's why I asked you. I, I need yeah. someone who's going to like give it to me straight, you know? Yeah. Well, you asked the wrong person because <laughs> you know me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You don't pull uh, yeah. any punches. I, I, I'm just assuming this is because it's the winter look and hopefully spring will come soon. That's what then. Andy Bell is hoping. <laughs> My wife is hoping that too. <laughs> I hope that. Uh, you know, yeah. I was telling Mike, I love the way that uh i love the way that you're raising your kid because like everybody's involved you know and everybody like you guys sometimes when people have a child they sometimes they shrink down and they stay inside and you don't see them and then that's the kid at the restaurant that's like throwing their shit across the room and crying and screaming his head off because he doesn't know how to act out in public doesn't know how to act in front of other people but coming over here today and uh like i noticed there was like a new dog over there i'm like what are you guys get a new dog and you're like no. oh no it's heath's yeah. you know but oh, yeah. it, you guys are like a family and todd abrams is here all the oh, yeah. time heath is here all yeah. there's always somebody hanging with titan or yeah. hanging with your dogs yeah, we I, always I think that's have, great no lately we had probably for the past two years constantly someone visiting and staying over at the house he's gonna we, think, yeah. titan's gonna think that's totally normal <laughs> I know. Yeah, like, who's coming over all these people over um but it's amazing that at his age so he turned 10 months he knows so much <laughs> he knows everything <laughs> that's great yeah and this is and you had kids but this is when you gotta teach them yeah. yes and no and i don't want him to ever be nervous or afraid to go into people mm. so having people around and you know it's introducing huge. him yeah yeah definitely having that many people different people talk to him too because like as parents like to be totally honest you sometimes get worn down oh yeah and but having that many people so excited to see him each time oh my god this baby like he's gonna respond to that he's gonna yeah, be and, a happy baby truthfully i don't even know if he speaks english or if he understands english yet because we spoke with him only romanian <laughs> mike talks to him in english but the kid is looking at him like what what the heck are you saying that's great like, you yeah. speak to him in romanian only romanian and then i have my helpers are brazilian and brazilian is close to romanian we have which it just blew my mind the way how many words in common we have. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah, because Romanian is Latin. But like... Some people in Brazil speak Spanish too, yeah, right? Yeah, it's but similar Span- to Romanian. So Romanian is very, very close to Italian. So oh, okay. we understand Italian. But then all the Latin languages like mm. Spanish and Portuguese and all that from Europe, you know, they have a lot of words in common. So, however, it's great. So he's going to speak Brazilian and Romanian, and Mike is not going to know what his son just said. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah. I think that um, at this age, gosh, teaching him multiple languages, mm. it's like number one. Yeah. And then him being around you guys, like all these elite <laughs> like athletes and people that in his mind, he thinks this is normal. Yeah. No, this is not normal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Mark Bell doesn't go to a Bryce house all the time. Yeah, right, right. We have Heath Evans, you know, NFL, mm-hmm. ex-NFL, and we have all these athletes, like, you know, even pro bodybuilders, whatever. And right. it's amazing. So He's for just going to think it's yeah, normal. You yeah. got to train 
at 4 a.m. Yeah. And you got to you got to spend the rest of the day getting your protein in. Exactly. <laughs> and he ends up, you know, we go into the gym and his dad is doing, you know, cardio, lifts weights or whatever. And it's like you could just bang weights right next to him. It's like he laughs. It's like, oh, yeah. You know, and he He's wants like to He's like a little monkey. <laughs> I saw him hanging on the refrigerator door or something. I was like, I'm whoa. Just, I cannot leave him with Mike and Heath Evans, not even for five minutes. The next thing I see, it's a video doing something crazy. They're putting him in like these towels and they're swinging him around the house. Yeah, Yeah, you're like, it's not a toy. What are you guys doing? I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh, But yeah, so Mike, I think that um, he's finally, all right, I'm a dad, finally. (laughs) Oh, you know what though? It actually does take a long time as a dad to uh, really get attached to the kid. Like it took me, um, it, it took me probably around this time, you know, it took right? around 10, 10 months, maybe even more like a year or so. Yeah. He's uh, getting there. It's weird. He's it's really there. weird for men. Uh, I don't, you know, I can't speak on how it is for women, but I just imagine I'll the whole, ex- the whole experience, <laughs> the whole experience must be different since oh. the, since the baby's, you know, growing inside of you and everything. But as a guy, you know, as a guy, you also feel helpless when the baby first comes out and the baby's crying and stuff like you don't know how to i think women somehow have like a built-in sense of how to help it and obviously like breastfeeding and stuff that stuff yeah but it's it's, we didn't you know it's obviously my first baby his first baby so a lot of people tell you you gotta do this you gotta do that just you learn as you go it's like it's so many new things every day there's no one way every day Yeah. yeah and uh a mic he gets his time in with the baby, like swimming. And he has a few things that he does with the baby. But I'm telling you, it's still like times when he's like, holy crap, I have a kid. <laughs> you know? yeah. He even says that to me. You know, we have a baby upstairs. I'm like, hello. <laughs> you ever get out of your car and kind of forget for half a second and go, holy. F-. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. It's in the backseat. <laughs> Well, my sister was helping us a lot, as you know, and she went home Thursday, right? Two days ago. And uh, the next day in the morning, I didn't have the helper coming in. And he said, uh, oh, yeah, so tomorrow we're going to get up in the morning. I'm going to do this at 3 a.m. And I just let him talk and whatever. And then he goes, wait a minute. Who's going to stay with Titan? He he just didn't even, he forgot about the baby. I'm like, exactly. So (laughs) it's not going to happen. I got a question for you. Because uh, I, I know today we talked a lot and very little about training, very little about nutrition and stuff. But I think at this stage, uh, and I think you'll agree with me that training, nutrition, family, life, and the world comes from a mindset more important than anything else. Yeah. And it was funny. I put up uh, when it comes to getting in shape, I have weightlifting on, is number five. Number five, <laughs> um, because number one is nutrition. Uh, two is uh, the mindset and recovery, um, then consistency, and then uh, recovery, and then weightlifting. Mm. If you can do those first four things, you can already change. Yeah. Um, but then weightlifting is number five. And the reason why I say that is this. I've gotten pretty good shape this last, uh, you know, five, ten years, more than – the universe more than anything and it's because of my significant other and i know that you have a significant other that's that's yeah. you and me are similar in so many ways and and, yeah. and we're sensitive guys we need someone to take care of us too <laughs> what do you think is like that that partner 
Yeah, I mean, it's everything. I mean, it's huge. My my wife was a huge, um, you know, have like pivot points in my life, you know, uh, having dyslexia and, you know, all that kind of stuff in school. There was turning points that happened there, uh, like pivot points. And then, you know, uh, having my brother die, that was a huge pivot point. And then getting married was probably probably the most significant most significant thing most significant change because when i met my wife i didn't have i mean you you were around at that time uh i didn't have a driver's license i didn't have a car i didn't have a bank account like i just i was an unorganized person i just uh i still was a hard working person but i just uh i couldn't figure things out on my own i need i needed like i needed some help and uh, my wife, you know, when she kind of came around, she was like, you don't, <laughs> you don't have this, you don't have that. You know, I'm like, yeah, you like, you have like, uh, you know, I had bad credit, like the whole thing, you know. And so it, it, we balanced each other out so well, though, because she really worries about a lot of stuff. And especially at that time, I wish I could be more like that now, but I have too many responsibilities. Right. But I didn't care. I didn't care about anything. I just wanted to figure out a way to get to the gym have a good training session, recover from it, and go do the same thing again because I loved it so much, you know. And there really, I wasn't really thinking about uh, other things. But then she, you know, she uh, leveled me out a lot with saying, look, that's good that you feel that way because then you're not going to be super stressed about stuff. But you need, you know, right. <laughs> you need some responsibilities yeah. in your life. And then uh, I, like, calmed her down a lot because she tends to, like, if she, if there's something that has to be done, everything else gets pushed like that thing's getting done like or she will kill somebody like she is so <laughs> focused that it's absolutely nuts and when it comes to our kids and stuff and when it comes to any sort of family stuff she's like whoosh, and just and sometimes i gotta say like hey like it every it's gonna everything's gonna be look everything's gonna be fine you know everything's gonna yeah. be good we're all gonna get together and everything's gonna be good and it will work out when it works out but she doesn't like that kind of thought process. Like it's not going to just work out and it's not going to just, it's not going to just take time. You got to push it along as her theory, you know? So we, we've been great for each other because we level each other out a lot. Okay. So now you two are like that. You had a bank account when I met you. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't a complete wreck. And he had a I car, just, but he wasn't a great no car. No money would come out of the bank account. It would go in and wouldn't come out. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting you say that because, uh, that other partner, that partner for you guys, um, people ask me, why did I wait so long to have a child? And I waited so long because I didn't want to have a child with somebody I was just in love with. I wanted to have a child with somebody that with or without me could raise them healthy mm -hmm. and, and could do it. Um, and because life isn't perfect. You know, things right. happen. No, um, and it's hard. And, you, you know, you have to work at like anything else, the relationship, it's a lot of work. Yeah, it absolutely is. It's it is a, a lot. You know, people say you have to communicate, but oh, it's like. Oh, you look so happy. <laughs> you guys are the best. Power couple. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> do you know how much work I had to do for this shit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, people say oh, you have to communicate, on. but then they, like, they're not really willing to have. Communication to me means that you have the hard conversations, you know? Yeah. And those are the ones that most people don't want to have, you know, and that's where you sometimes have to say, Hey, I, I, and this is in all aspects of your relationship. You might have to say, I don't like this. I like this. You might have to, and it might be, it might have to do with sex. It might have to do with all kinds of stuff. You have to lay all these things out because you're trying to live the rest of your life with this person. So 
everybody better be cool with everything, yeah, you know? Yeah, and you also got to find the right time to say thanks to certain people. Yeah, right, right, yeah. <laughs> like, make sure he had his carbs and... That's right. <laughs> <It's> not... <laughs> oh, who's this guy? Uh, uh, hi. Oh, he's going to come. Hey. Here. Oh, hi. Here. Okay. All right. I guess we're making a cameo here. Is so the, wait a second. This guy's gonna take. I don't like this setup. This oh, he's already out angled me. He's gonna take over the show. Hi. Hey, what's up, Titan? Say good morning. Good morning, everybody. Oh, his legs. This is Titan, the real Titan. The real Titan, right? The real Titan. This is the real Titan. <clears throat> yep. He's ten, looking big. Ten months yeah. old. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we traveled to Ohio and. Um, at the airport, you know, I carry him, and somebody said, oh, you know, at this age, when they start walking, I'm assuming he is, you, it's good for them to walk, so put him down. He's mm. heavy. I'm like, he's not walking yet. Right. No? What's wrong with him? Is nothing? <laughs> he's just turned 10 months old. Like, yeah. he's not. He's standing, and he took his first steps, right, a couple of days ago? I think it was like a, a kind of a trot. People Hi. are like, yeah, it was. It, it, how old is he? Two? <laughs> yeah, we we put it on his social media, but he would put him down and he psh, he ran to me, right? Yeah, you did. Good yeah, support group. <laughs> Everything changed for the better. How is uh how are you staying in such good shape? You know, a lot of times moms they'll say you know I had a baby and you know they're they're they I know it's like five apart, years later behind. she's like I still have baby. I know, yeah, baby. Like, it's five years. How old's your son? Uh, Eighteen. <laughs> What? <laughs> no, I know. It's, I think um, just the way we did the process of when I got pregnant, how we took up my calories and we backed up the training. I mean, back down the training. If, yeah, if and, we didn't explain this earlier, let me, uh, let me try yeah. to do this because I want to get into nutrition real quick on you. Um, with her, oh, I noticed that social media is, is harsh because it could hurt people. Um, she's an incubator during the pregnancy. She was also too lean uh, before having the baby, so we made sure to take up her calories and try to get some fat on her. And she's a, she's a hard gainer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she stays lean all the time. And she's taking in about 300 grams of carbohydrates, and she still burns that off, which is more than I take in. Yeah. So what we did was um, we really pulled her back from lifting down to two days a week, where I know mothers start training more. I want to stay in shape during pregnancy when I'm sitting there going, that's the wrong thing. If you have a baby, if you're an incubator. You got to make sure that he's getting the right nutrients. Right. And then, regardless of what doctors say and how much you need to eat, uh, I'm going to disagree with that and just go with the safe side of going. Let's make sure he gets enough. And if there's any more, then it's just waste. Um, and so we kept her on a high calorie intake with very low training. And now you do that for a year, right? What happens when you start cutting back the calories and you start training more? All right. Instant. Yeah. <laughs> Instant. Right. She was uh, a month after the baby was born, already pretty much back except for the uh, internal. Um, and she was already back in shape and stuff. And people are like, well, I don't understand. And I'm like, you did it right. Yeah. Which makes me go to here because this is going to be what you guys want to really hear. Now, this is going to be nutrition. Nutrition 101. We diet differently than textbook. Um but I think it's also because we're like Dr. Frankenstein, right? right. Let's try things. Let's, let's see what we can do now. Um, let's see how we can get in shape and maintain it. The only it. way to know it works is to try it. 100%. So tell me, I, I did something. I, I, I messaged him yesterday and I said, hey, send over your nutrition plan. I'm going to stay with it for a week. 
and then he messaged it over and then I deleted him and blocked him and removed him from social media as soon as I saw what he was doing. <laughs> it was basically Heath Evans all over again. Tell That's me true. about your nutrition. Yeah, so I've been utilizing a carnivore style diet, which is uh meat, eggs, and uh bone broth and butter and that's pretty much where the the list the shopping list ends uh, love that you're doing bone broth and then people will, will they'll keep asking they'll like hey what about this i like if well if it's not the things i mentioned and it's not part of what what we're doing the thing that's actually really interesting is uh i love that they do that yeah the thing that's really interesting is uh that there's so many more options with meat than you think, especially when you only are consuming meat, because then you're starting to really think about it. You're like, what are some other flavors I can try? And you have, you know, you have chicken, but you also have like chicken wings. You because you can eat the fat because we're not eating the carbohydrates, and the fat is going to be the energy of choice on this style of diet. Whereas if you're doing more like a bodybuilding diet, you would lower the fat, and you would have carbohydrates be your main uh, resource. But I think that's something that. And people can kind of like argue it whatever way they want. But I think a, a huge problem that faces America is the fact that I believe that fat is your primary fuel source. And I believe that um, key, you're producing ketones uh, and having your body utilize its own body fat is a very natural process. Now, it's not a natural process to be doing that all the time. If you think back to the way that we our ancestors probably ate if you were just trying to think about it in some logical terms, they probably ate meat uh, when meat was around, and then they probably went through some times where they were in famine, right? <laughs> and then they would lose body fat. They would produce ketones, right? You only produce ketones when you're not eating, <laughs> when you're fasting, and you only – well, not only produce ketones, but you're going to produce more when you're fasting, and you're going to produce more in the absence of carbohydrates, in the absence of having your insulin levels raised because you took in – uh, sugar or carbohydrates of any kind because they turn into glucose in your body. And so if you were to think about that, I think it's what's, is what's uh, riddled so many Americans with so much disease, obesity. And if we're like, if you, if you really are trying to uh, boil it down to its simplest form, you're like, well, it would probably be a good idea for most people to produce ketones. It would probably be a good idea for most people to learn to utilize fat as an energy source, uh, it's a clean, healthy way. And not not that there's anything wrong with carbohydrates. I'll get to that in a second too, because that's a huge factor. <clears throat> but one of the missing components in the fitness industry, I'll jump back over. So I was talking about general pop a little bit there for a second. But in the fitness industry, people are dieting too often and too much, Agreed. and for way too long. And so, like, what I'll do, I, I love I love to diet. I love the challenge of it. And so I'll overdo it myself sometimes. Like I'm overdoing it right now. Like I'm, I'm a little smaller than I'd like to be. But I'm recognizing that. And as you do too, you'll, you'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to look like this for a little bit. But I know what the impact's going to be. Same thing when you're bulking up. You're like, eh, this, is, this is getting a little chub going. Face is getting a little Please fat. listen to this stuff, guys. When this you stuff here. This is the most important. When you start seeing that, you, the key is to not overreact and say, well, this is the goal. I wanted to put some because when I strip back down, I'm going to be bigger. Or when I go back up, you know, I'm going to be able to put on a little bit more weight because I was so deprived. The human body is a really, really crazy thing. And when you fast and you push yourself, there's a like I don't I'm not a uh, 
I'm not a doctor or a nutritionist or anything, so I don't know all the different science behind a lot of these things. But what I do know is that when you don't feed your body and you don't feed your body for a really long time, your body is dying to rebound. So if you're somebody that just lost 40 pounds of fat and you don't ever give yourself a break, you, it's a dangerous thing to say to someone who's really he- really heavy and for somebody that's really been addicted to food, but you need a diet break. You really, really do. And when I mean, when I say diet break, like you need a diet break. You need to say, you know what? I'm going to take the next four or five days and I'm going to eat whatever. I'm going to eat whatever the hell I want. Because you know what's going to happen? Once you get, it, it sounds glorious, right? You get like three, di- three days down the road and you're going to be like, you know what? It's not, <laughs> you know, it's, it, I want to get back to what I was doing. You know, it, it won't be that long. It's like visiting home. Like when you're, you know, when I'm from the East Coast. How long am I going to visit home for? It sounds glorious to go visit home, you know, but how long am I going to visit for? I'm going to visit for three or four or five days, and, and that's way too much time probably. So, you know, so, think about it in some of these terms, and and, uh, and I think you'll, you'll have a lifelong success with uh, your fitness and with your dieting. So I'm glad you said that because um, I think we all know that I fell off stage. And uh, that was my last guest posing of the year. Yes, was. So um, I think some of the people think it was a stunt. It was not a stunt. Uh, it was a, a Mike stage. Mike will do anything for a buck. <laughs> yeah, I, I trolled so hard. I wanted to get a good social media burst. And so I fell off stage. Um, I'm okay. Uh, but... Uh, I did get banged up, uh, but judo saved my life. I hit that ground, got up, and I'll, I'll post the video and tell you the whole story about that. But I got a guest pose throughout the whole year, and I've been doing it now for the last four or five years. I'm traveling more than I've ever done in my career, and that means I'm in a deficit. I've been basically in a deficit for five years. I say, do as I say, not as I do. I know it sounds good and it sounds great um, and that I'm ripped. It's not healthy. It's not. Um, and, and being sliced like that for me is not the best thing for me. And you just said you've got to take a break. And so even if it's just a day, even if it's just like if you love intermittent fasting, which I like to do a lot, I'm doing it right now. Like I like the energy. I like that I don't need to stop and, and eat. And I also love that I don't poop as much because mm-hmm. just consuming less food. Um, but if you if you love doing that, then take a break from it here yeah. and there. You know, do it every other day or do it three or four days a week. But have a day where you're like, you know what? I'm just going to eat, like just eat breakfast. You cannot, you, you can't get the mindset of that eating or eating any food is going to make you fat. That's a really critical thing. And I know that I'm, I'm not a huge proponent of a lot of carbohydrates just because I think, uh, a lot of processed foods have a tendency to override the body's natural ability to recognize what you're eating because these are processed foods that are designed for us to overeat and overconsume. And so, I usually tell a lot of people, hey, look, man, just don't eat any carbs because it's the shortest and easiest message. And then people can figure out what they want. The carbohydrates can be great, but they can be a slippery slope for a lot of people. And I, and I agree with that. If, if that's something uh, you guys want to try, and I think everybody, you got to try that stuff. So for me, I'm a carbohydrate guy. I love carbohydrates. And um, unfortunately, I don't get a lot of them because of the fact I'm always dieting and getting on stage and doing shoots. However, Mona, come here. But you also have a very nutritious mindset. So when I think of carbs, 
because I was heavy, right? And because I grew up in yeah, a family let's, where let's, like, let's say that where there's like obesity, yeah, you know? right? So people mistaken carbohydrates as they're just carbohydrates by themselves, and it's very rare that you have carbohydrates by themselves, except for in the case of, uh, I guess, like a soda or something like that, but or any any drink, maybe orange juice even. Right. But for the for the most part. Things that we call carbohydrates, or when I think carbohydrates, I'm actually thinking about a, a, a combination of carbohydrates and fat, like okay. Doritos, yeah, yeah, yeah. ice cream. And that's kind of common sense, right? It's kind of common sense that those things are going to really cause a problem. I'm so removed. Right. That when I say carbohydrates, I mean uh, oatmeal, rice, yeah. sweet potato. Right. And so... You're still not really consuming yeah. sugar, and if you do have some sugar, maybe there's some from fruit or something like yeah. that, right? And these, again, the point of that is, is that yeah, you can kind of, you can overeat rice, you know, but like, are you going to overeat like a baked potato? Like it, it's it gets to be kind of hard to overeat on some of those foods, and you certainly wouldn't be obese eating those foods. But even though I diet that well, my body still reacted to that carbohydrates, and when I fell, I realized. Um, because uh, I got banged up, I was like, I actually have to take four or five days off of training, and I need to get back on a meal plan like I used to in the old days, where I could go off season. Because uh, what you're saying is, when we're talking nutrition, just so you guys understand, we're talking about a, a surplus of calories to help your body recover. Uh, you may not be as lean as normal, but when you want to get lean. It happens fast yeah. because you're in a surplus. You're eating healthy. And again, come from my terminology of healthy is meaning I'm always on a program. I'm always dieting. So I know that you guys out there, when I travel the world and I say, hey, how's your nutrition? And they go, well, I'm not getting ready for a show, so I'm not really on a plan. I'm like, that more than any time is when you should be on a plan. Yeah. That nine months. You got to make some rules for yourself oh and boundaries. Oh, gosh. But so, maybe those are the normal people and you are the I don't want to talk to the normal people. people. I want to talk to the people that are passionate <laughs> and have dreams and want to get you better. You are the weird one. I am the weird one. But here's the scoop. I got back on carbohydrates and it's been so long for me. My body rebound. And I'm talking... Sweet potatoes and pasta and uh, not pasta, but rice and oatmeal. No, no pasta, and my body still reacted. And I realized, and it was a, it was a, a hammer to the head that I need to get back off season again. Mm-hmm. You need to see big Mike O'Hearn again. You need to see 290 pounds taken in carbohydrates, fats, and proteins again. And we were talking to somebody today that's taken in 600 grams of protein. Yeah. So. We'll go into that another time when I go up to super training gym because super training gym has been around how long? Uh, about 12 years, yeah. 12 years, and I've been there how many times? Counting the last time, how many times One, have I two, been there? Three, zero times. Zero times. So, <laughs> wow. So guess who's going to jump on a plane and get up there and, and train with those guys for He's a week? He's just threatening you here. we got to get baby no, tied up prom- too. It's a promise. Oh, no. um, but I wanted to show you guys something that was on the internet, and they said it was fake. I'm going to show Mark first. I don't know who that is. That is a nine-week transformation. It's 20% body fat on the right, nine, a high 9% on the left. That's awesome. He only lost 25 pounds. That is absolutely awesome. Okay, now we're going to show the camera people. Will you show those right. folks? Yeah. That is outstanding. Now we're going to explain why this happened and why it happened in a short period of time. That's nine weeks on the right or your left, uh, 20% body fat, over 20%. And on the other side, where he's all this uh, Amber Combie and Finch model, is 9%. His name so is he, Bryce Gata. He he's trains. able to ditch out about 10% body fat. 
Yeah, that's right. He trains right, three man. times a week. That's awesome. Three times a week. Three times a week. He's my little Frankenstein creature. He is somebody that is in a surplus nine to ten months out of the year. In your statement earlier, you guys can reverse this uh, to a statement to earlier. Uh, has, like I, has that guy ever been in shape before? Or did he grow up thin? Any idea? Um, he was always uh, an athlete, mm-hmm. but just like like water polo yeah. and stuff like that. Because if he's been in shape before, then it's a little... E- it's a little well, it's going to be the... No, it'll be the lead-in to this. Yeah. It, it, yeah. Bryce has been with me for seven years. Right. So the photo on the left, let me, let me tell you, this is a nine-week tra- nine transformation. Now, the lead-up to that is the foundation work of being healthy. And I'd say, for me, I'm not healthy uh, because I, I love to train so much, I overtrain. I love to diet so much, I overdiet. But if I could take the average person and create a superhero like I did here, I would say less workouts, um, surplus of food most of the year, so you recover, get mm-hmm. good sleep, the body is working well, the body knows how to utilize fats, knows how to utilize protein, knows how to utilize carbohydrates, and this goes back to, I think, maybe you say this too, do as I say, not as I do, because you are a doctor at this point of yourself. Mm-hmm. Can yeah. you get up and fast and then eat your meals at two o'clock and, and another one at dinner? Can you do that? Well, let me test it. Right. And I'm the same way. There's times where I've gone, I've gone down to three to four grams of protein uh, throughout the day. And so we talked to a guy today, 600, 650 Six, grams. 650, yeah. Where I was taking in maybe a hundred, a hundred grams to one hundred and fifty grams for a two hundred and seventy pound guy, which in any book, right? Is that right? Right. Yeah. No. <laughs> but it was for me to test me to see how much I can keep strength wise, eating very little, um, healthy in a sense right. of a, a typical healthy, you not right, for, but healthy. You did that for a month or so, or I did it for three months. Yeah, did it for three months. I wanted to see how much strength I can. When you got back to eating protein, did you notice something different? Did you oh, notice man, like a my, good rebound? I it? got leaner. Yeah. I got bigger. Right. Um, I've never been weak, uh, but my strength started moving. You know, it's that whole 405 is my measurement on bench. I can do one rep or I can do 10 reps, depending on where I am on the nutrition. Are and, you hungry by any chance? Uh, no, I'm doing, I'm doing fine. You, you know, I think, you know, with, with fasting, Something that's interesting is like when I think back when I was 330 pounds and when I was powerlifting and I would eat, all, you know, five, six, seven times a day, I was still hungry then. Yep. So people are like, I can't do fasting. I'm like, you probably kind of partially do some fasting anyway. And I don't think that everyone needs to follow these like specific rules of going 16 or 20 hours. I think that. You know, you end up fasting through your sleep anyway if, if you're not waking up and eating in the middle of the night. And if you could do 10, 12 hours here and there, I think that would be super beneficial. And then every once in a while, just say, you know what? I have a real busy day today. I'm just not even going to worry about food, and I'm going to get to it when I get to it. And you have a day where you might only eat like a meal or two. Just those little things for, for kind of more of the general population to just cut back on their calories, people that really struggle with their diet. It's really a weird thing that if you, so if you fast for a long time, I've done like a 72 hour fast before, your hunger only gets so great. First day. The first, maybe a little bit second. Yeah. And then you're done. And then you're fine. Yeah. So, and then you're just not worried about it anymore. So Mark can talk on that because he uh, comes from that realm of being a, a, a bigger than I ever was. My, my biggest is 308. Um, but it was a decent 308. You know, it was That's still a big boy considered, right there. <laughs> um, chunky like, monkey. <laughs> Right there is uh, 290. Mm. 
that battled them. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the one biggest thing for me is that you're listening to him give you uh, nutrition advice. And this is not for you guys that are like uh, trying to be bodybuilders. But this is for you guys that have weight problems or, or trying to understand this. And also, he's also talking about the fact that this isn't all year. There, there's Try this. Try try the methods. Right. And I think we both agree that any nutrition plan will work for a period of time if you're consistent. Yeah, 100%. You know, the, the thing with the nutrition stuff is it's very similar to training where if I do singles and I do doubles uh, in my lifting – then I'm going to get a certain desired result, right? But then there's other things that, that don't increase and that don't get better, and they might even get worse because you're doing the singles and the doubles. So maybe your conditioning or maybe your ability to recover from workouts maybe goes down because maybe you're, maybe you're simultaneously bulking and gaining some weight and, and lowering the reps or however you know somebody might go about doing it. But whenever you pursue, and this is just like a life lesson too, whenever you chase after one thing, you might be losing on another and so it's important to kind of zigzag and move in and out of stuff and just capture the benefit of it and then run and then run the other direction and capture the benefit of that thing and keep keep kind of sticking and moving because otherwise you're you're going to be the same every single I mean how you've been at Gold's gym forever and I always say it's like uh it's a giant like wasteland you know yeah. I, I pop in periodically, but people are in the same spot as they've kind of always been in emotionally, financially, socially, like everything. And you're just like, oh, my God, yeah. it, you know, it, it can be <laughs> it's a little bit of a drag. I'm not trying to like, you know, but it's true. Make fun of people. But, yeah, it's it. I am, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there for 30 years, so I've seen like the great next Arnold come and go every single yeah. year. And, and it's that. Jumping back for a second, um, for all of you that are trying to learn about nutrition, fasting, carbohydrates or, or fats or, or a carnivore diet or, or a high-carbohydrate diet or whichever it is, it's all great to try. You know, the books that are out there written, they're they're from your experts, not our experts. A lot of those guys are your experts, not ours. I also um, think that people, uh, I don't think they really know because they haven't really tried or haven't maybe tried in the right way, and they'll say, I, I can't eat carbs. Carbs will make me fat. And oh, it's usually not, it's usually not true. Like, yeah. nor, normally, it may be true that if you all of a sudden ate 400 grams of carbs out of nowhere, that it could, uh, you know, it could result you in being a little softer. Why why. Like, like, for me, yeah. um, if, if, we're, if I didn't know anything, and I came off that fall, and I started eating those carbs, and I rebounded, then I would be one of those people that says, well, carbs don't work for me. But I know enough to go, my body doesn't understand carbohydrates anymore because I've stayed away from it long. There's mm-hmm. going to be a rebound period. My body will adapt to it. And this is why I'm saying I need to go back off season because I need to get my body used to carbohydrates again, and then it will get in shape. I just think that we're all very much similar, you know, as much as people want to say, oh, we're all different. There's, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, that can be helpful for on some occasions when you're actually coaching somebody. So if you're, you know, if you have a diet plan for somebody and you're, you're helping her diet for a show, well, that's a little different because now you need to get specific because you need such a crazy result on stage that there are specifics to it that might cater to her specifically and may not be necessarily true for somebody else but that doesn't mean that 
it doesn't mean that anyone can't uh, adapt to uh, adding in a ton of fat or adding in a ton of carbohydrates. You just can't add it all in at the same time. You can't just add in like massive amounts of food. If you were to add carbohydrates, you would have to reduce fat or you'd have to do it very slowly where you ramp things up. It's going to the gym for the first time in a year and you train hard. You're going to be the next day so sore you can't train. Are you going to sit there and go, oh, I can't train. I get sore. Of course you get sore. You yeah. haven't trained in a year. I blew up off of carbohydrates. Yeah, of course, because I've been dieting all year. I got to teach my body that process again. Mona is impressive because she's because she's jacked. Look at those arms. I got lucky, guys. Again, we we just demonstrate this for the new viewers. You want to? I think the viewers are already. I mean, <sighs> that's so trend up. Damn. That's so fake, Natty. <laughs> So we got three fake natties in the house right That's now. Right. Um, but the reason I showed you Bryce's picture earlier is because of the fact that if you ask me what you should do, if you can bodybuild or if you are going to power lift, I would say being a surplus most of the year, let your body use those calories um, and, and try that and don't be in a rush and then test it. Test your body after the fact, after a good year. Test it how you're doing your nutrition. See if that works better for your lifestyle and your, your job. Can we test our bodies this weekend? We're going to test our bodies this weekend. <laughs> for your birthday with some cake and pizza? Eat. I'm going to eat. <laughs> if you think about like if you, you know, if you were to be, like, if you weigh like 200 pounds, yeah. you know, and you start eating uh, as if you wanted to weigh 180 or something or 170 or something like that, right? If you do that for a year <laughs> after a while you're you know people say your metabolism will slow down well it's it's like a, just kind of a blanket statement and no one really knows what that means but there are possibilities that your testosterone levels might come down it, this isn't in every case but it, it could be the case especially if you're training a lot um, your thyroid could go down a little bit. And so all we're saying is treat your body a little bit better and understand that the overeating and every once in a while enjoying some food, I know it's a slippery slope for a lot of people and they really struggle with it, but you do need to do it every once in a while, even if you're heavy. Yeah. I think it's important. Like I, I lost weight in stages. I weighed 330 pounds. People ask me all the time, like how, like how long did it take to lose the weight? And it took me 10 years. Um, but it wasn't like I didn't have a plan of like weighing 230 at a certain date necessarily. Real quick though, you weren't 330, uh, like society's 330. Right. You were, you were superhuman 330 benching. How much was Eight, it? 854 bench and a thousand squat. Yeah. More than I squatted. <laughs> yeah. He benched more than I squatted. How is that even possible? Yeah, it was some, it was some crazy, it was a crazy, uh, crazy time. I needed that, you know, needed that padding to, uh, be able to move the weights that I wanted to move. But when it was time to make a change, when I fell, I fell with a thousand eighty five and, uh, that wiped me out for a good, like three months. It was, that was another pivot point in my life where I was like, you know what? I, I need to make some changes. I need to kind of figure some things out. And I went from three thirty, and the diet I had from three thirty to two ninety is so different than what I do nowadays. I simply just cut out eating junk. It was just a very simple plan. I was like, well, I like potatoes. I like meat. So I'm going to pretty much eat meat and potatoes. And then, you know, once or twice a week, maybe I'll just eat what I want because I'm very much addicted to food and I need to sprinkle some of that in here and there. And so, you know, as I went, I grew stronger for dieting. You know, I would say nowadays I feel like I'm a black belt in dieting, you know, whereas when I was starting, 
You know, I was I was a white belt, and uh, I would diet for a day or two, and then I'd screw up, and I'd diet for three days, and I'd screw up, and then I would like not eat, and then I would binge, and I was like, then I found a happy medium, and I'm like, I'm not losing weight, and it's because I'm not being honest with myself, which is another key factor of fitness. And and I hope you guys are listening to this. You got to really, you got to really say like. People are just not being honest with themselves. I mean, look, honestly, at 7 p.m., where are most of you? 7 or 8 p.m., what are you doing? TV and eating? TV and eating. Going out. Or snacking. Dinners. Yeah, TV TV and eating. You you may have already eaten dinner, mm-hmm. but you're like, man, I'm so hungry. Like, I had a hard day. I got a, a little something more. A little something, <laughs> something. I had a tough I had a tough day, and there you are, you know, rifling through the pantry. and Or you're just doing drinking something you shouldn't the bottles be. of wine. <laughs> You shouldn't. Yeah, you're doing stuff that you shouldn't be doing. You could just go to bed, get ready to train at four in the morning. Just be psycho like us. It, it, the one thing I, I think I heard you say it is it's baby steps. Mm-hmm. It's just little steps, and it's funny because I'll work with people around Let's the call world. Them titan steps. Titan steps. Titan steps. <laughs> little baby. The 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 one thing that's funny is the mind approach uh, uh, when it comes to health and fitness and nutrition is when I say, um. When people come to me, my clients come to me and say, hey, uh, here's my check-in. Here's here's what's happened. This is the changes. What do you want me to do? And my response back, it's going to shock all you guys, is, um, okay, get one more hour of sleep and a half a gallon more of water. But what about my nutrition and training? They're fine. Right. Get one more hour of sleep and another half a gallon of water. And they come back two weeks later and they're like, holy shnikes, it changed. That's such a minute change. And if somebody's paying you to take care of their nutrition and training, they don't want to hear that. Right. They want to hear, I want a whole nutrition plan. I want a completely different uh, no, training really, plan. I want hit cardio yeah. in there. Uh, I want Mark Bell's box squats. I want Heath Evans bouncing off the walls. Uh, and what's Mona eating? I want that. It's like, no, it's right. little change. Little things make a big difference in the end. It's the consistency. And, and I think when I said that weightlifting is number five, consistency was number two. Mm. Nutrition and then consistency. You went from 330 to 290 on a diet. And all it was was taking out, wasn't changing it, just no. dropping some bad food. Well, you need things to be repeatable, right? So what are repeatable efforts that you could have, that, that you could have, not not the repeatable efforts that we could have, repeatable efforts for you? What's something that you can actually do? You know, what? uh can you can you afford to go on a ten minute walk? Can you afford to uh, stop drinking soda? Can you afford to you know maybe add a couple things into your nutrition that will slow you down from eating junk? Could you eat more protein? You know, like just this little little tiny things are these things that you can because if you find something that's repeatable, uh, then you're on your way to consistency. And if you can find your way to consistency, then you're on your way to being good. And if you can be good for a long enough time, then you can end up being great. If if you all could take something away from this today, um, my question to you would be, can you give them one trick um, to changing their nutrition plan? Let's say uh, whatever it is, uh, or, or, or three tricks, if you got three tricks that they can do to start a better nutrition plan. And I got to say nutrition over training today. We'll talk training when I go up there. But nutrition here, because I think... And I've said this before. I've never really technically outworked anybody in the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm strong. Maybe I train hard. Maybe that is what I am. 
and I've been consistent about that, but I've beat everybody since 1983 to today at home with the sleep and the nutrition. Yeah. Being so completely psychoanal about my nutrition and stuff. And that's the only reason I'm still on the covers today Mm. is because I don't cheat. I don't, you know, mess up my nutrition like, you know, society does. And I'm always on a plan. So what tricks can you give from somebody that was 330 pounds, (laughs) stronger than a god, a demigod? So I don't offend anybody out there, especially Heath Evans. Try some different diets. You know, that's I think that's the trick is, you know, try a bodybuilding style style diet, which is mainly uh, protein and carbohydrates and carbohydrates will be your main energy source and the fats will be low. For me, that's always been a weird diet to try to figure out. I kind of like to eat out often. And it's easier to have fat as your energy source if you enjoy eating out because most restaurants are going to like put a bunch of fat on your food and you don't have much control over that. So try different diets, you know, try a bodybuilding diet, try a keto diet, try the carnivore diet and really try it, you know, give it an honest shot and try what's it. For a, maybe, what's the time period on that? I would say you try something for about a month, okay. but also make sure in that month time that you're being pretty strict. It goes back to your statement earlier where he said, be honest. If you guys can be honest to yourselves, you guys will get in some incredible gains. Um, I need to pee. <laughs> you go, go pee. Um, come back after you're done. So uh, one thing that I do trick wise when I am dieting, like he he initially said, uh, one of the big things was uh, he didn't like the protein and carbohydrates because he goes out a lot. I don't go out a lot, so I can stay with that. But one thing that I definitely do is I, um, in between meals, if I get extremely extremely hungry. I will do, uh, as Mona calls it, my green drink, and I'll put in a whole bunch of uh, greens in a, a blender and have that. Uh, so that's something that's incredibly well for me, and that, that, that takes care of my hungers, and I'll do that two or three times a day. So green drinks is uh, spinach, broccoli, a, a green powder, a vitamin C, uh, some branched-chain amino acids, uh, those kind of things. Good, good. All right, well, let's do this. What time? It's 10 10. Guys, man, um, thanks for hanging out today. Make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel here. Also, subscribe to uh, Smelly. Um, he's got uh, the Super Podcast, um, Super Training Gym. And then uh, Mona Marison is going to be all over my YouTube. I just trained with the strongest man in the world, so I'll put that video up tomorrow. Um, also I give out a free newsletter, um, but we are going to plan, I'm going to start back on a power program here in March. And so what I thought about doing is incorporating some things like, uh, bands again, um, bands and all that kind of stuff. And so I thought a great thing to do is that you guys live with me when I go up to super training gym and get set up, (laughs) we get set up on a power program. And I will do that power program starting uh, March, um, and we'll do that for a good three months. Is that a good amount of time? I think it's great. And uh, what we'll do is we'll have him set me up on the power program and the rep schemes and the exercises, and you guys can follow along with us doing that. Sound good? It sounds awesome. I'd love to have you at the gym. My whole team has been waiting for a long time for you to come up there. (laughs) Salivating. Waiting and salivating. Um, Again, I could talk to you forever. And, and I could talk to you about things that have nothing to do with health and fitness, just uh, life. I love that we've had someone of the same uh, journey, even though you're a decade younger than me. Um, 
you are so wise and so lived and we're both sensitive guys which i love and we got strong independent women um that technically don't need us uh, but they keep us around yeah they, they need us for something i guess i don't know, I don't know what it is I don't know what that is <laughs> mo thank you thank you so we are celebrating uh, my birthday this weekend, and uh, so we got a little birthday leg day in today. We'll put that up for you guys. Um, what's awesome. next for you? Uh, I got markbell.com going, which is uh, something we've been working on for a while, so you can follow along with my training, my nutrition. Uh, I just get asked you know, very often, of, you know, what is it you exactly do? And I explain it. I made videos on it. You know, I try to have it in as many different spots as I can, but that's kind of the problem with it is that it's on Instagram, it's on Facebook, and it's on, you know, uh, YouTube. So it's kind of scattered all over the place. So now people have a spot that they can go to. It's a pay site. Uh, people now have a spot they can go to where everything's organized. You can even see my old powerlifting workouts. So all that's on there. People have been asking for it for a long time, so decided to uh, deliver it to you. And... Um, I got a bunch of cool trips uh, coming up um, next year we're, or this year. We're going to uh, we're, we're going to Ireland. We're going to um, we're going to go to the East Coast. I'm going to go back home and kind of visit my my family, which will be really cool and fun. And then that's that's awesome to me because these trips, you know, they involve my kids, and so like I, I don't. I actually am kind of halfway scared to get on a plane. It's not my favorite thing. But, you know, it's for my kids and then, you know, going to the East Coast and seeing my cousins and their family and seeing all those people. To me, that's hugely important to me. Uh, we did it last year and it was we're just we're just going to uh, we're going to Jersey Shore, you know, and it's like but that's like one of my favorite vacations that we've ever had because my kids got to hang out with their cousins and. Uh, it was just an amazing experience. And I, I just, I kind of missed it. And I kind of, you know, I've just been plugging away. I've just been working, having my head down for so long uh, that I kind of forgot about a lot of that stuff. And I'm like, holy shit, I need more of this. You know, I got to do this at least every year. So I love that. Uh, something we haven't told Marky yet, but I am working on an appearance for him and me um, to uh, take place in, I think it's May in Boston. Um, and I, I'm, I'm going to work on trying to get him to come with me. That would be fun. Uh, back to Boston, where he and I will give a, a uh, demonstration and lecture for a day on um, proper form, training, and, and nutrition, and all that kind of stuff. But you get to meet us in person. Um, so I just sprung that on him. He did not know about this. And it's not confirmed. I'll let you guys know when it's confirmed that he'll he'll go with us and do this. Um, but I love you, man. You, Thank everything you. you do also outside of uh, you and your family and what you do for everybody is incredible. Thank you. I appreciate it. It's always fun to work out with you. It's always fun. To we love you, man. Oh. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. I know. I'm your favorite guest. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. So if when you leave, can you take Todd Abrams with you? He's and, eating me out of the house at home. Uh, and you wanted me to take Heath, but there's no way I'm not taking no, him. Just everybody, please, block Heath Evans. <laughs> we're, we're done with this guy. Make sure it's to say block Heath Evans. Let's just do it. Oh, I got my Mike O'Trend shirt. I need a block, <laughs> block Heath Evans t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. Have a great day today. Um, make sure to tip on here for some uh, beer money for Mona or, or, or you Wine vodka. Money. Tequila. Get some tequila because then it's like, you know what I'm saying, right, guys? That's it. We're out of here. Have Thank a good you. day.